everybody. Welcome back to the Big Mark Podcast. It's me, your host, Big Mark. If it's your first time watching, welcome. If not, welcome back. Um, like I always say, you know, if it's your, uh, wherever you're listening, uh, please give us a five-star review. I know it doesn't seem like much, but if you like the podcast that much, please give us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. It does mean a lot to the podcast. Um, uh, if you want to support the Patreon ch- or support the podcast, check our pa- check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash the Big Mark Podcast. You can also reach out to us on our Twitter or Instagram at the Big Mark Pod or at the Big Mark Podcast. And again, if you like the show, tell a friend, uh, share the podcast. Let everyone know. Um, let me know new guests you want to hear. Let me know new topics you want to hear. I'd love, uh, I always love the input from uh, from everyone who's listening. And again, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate each and every one of you. And, you know, today I was kind of thinking, you know, I had a little bit of a whirlwind day, as I've talked about in the last podcast. You know, I was kind of like going over some weird work stuff. But I uh, kind of find found a better place, which I'll, uh, I'll probably go over in another episode. But I was kind of really fired up. And, you know, I was at uh, Jen and Jair's wedding. Shout out Jen and Jair in Brockville. W- wonderful wedding. Super fun. And um, had to had to travel through through Kingston. So I put on the Tragically Hip, obviously. We got to have the right music um, at all times. Anytime you go anywhere. I remember me and my, me and my dad, anytime we went to Buffalo, we'd always have... The Grateful Dead on trucking, trucking down to Buffalo. So again, it's always important to have the right music. And, you know, again, it just kind of got me fired up again. I've always really, really loved the Tragically Hip. They've been someone, you know, really, you know, it's a special, special band to many Canadians. Um, shout out all my boys who, who love them. Um, my boy, uh, um, Connor Higgins, he's got like a sweet, it's uh, it's like a wheat, it's like a wheat king's quote on, which is one of the tragically hip songs, uh, tattooed and like again, people are diehard fans, and I consider myself one of them for sure. And again, you know, their lead singer Gord Downey was kind of tra- you know, tragically taken from us, and we we didn't really. I'll get into this later in the episode, but. It's one of those things where you don't really know what you got till it's gone. Of course, you know, the, the classic cliche, but also, you know, I've never really felt the loss that I did anyway, at least when, when some, when Gord Downey is, is compared to someone that I know, of course, but you know, I've never really felt the loss about someone I don't know at all. And I only listened to their music, obviously never met, you know, heard stories about some people who maybe met him, but only see him live performance. Um, but again, I never really felt that loss about someone I didn't know. Of course, I felt about people I didn't know. But anyway, like I said, super near and dear to to my heart. And, you know, I thought I'd give them some tribute and do what I can. You know, I'd love to do multiple episodes on on the hip because they deserve it. But, you know, I want to I want to at least touch on 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 some of the highlights. For anyone who doesn't know who the Tragically Hip is, and if, you've, if you're watching this episode and you've gotten this far, hopefully you want to know a little bit more about them. So they're a Canadian rock band formed in Kingston, Ontario. Um, uh, in 1984, uh, Gord Downey, Paul Langlois, Rob Baker, Gord Sinclair, and Johnny Fay got together and they cut their first album. Um, actually, their first performance ever on live TV was on SNL. Or sorry, on American television, I should say. They were on Canadian television. But their first performance on live American television was on S- on SNL and Dan Aykroyd 
being a, a fellow Kingstonian, another person from Kingston, Ontario. I uh, got to, he dressed up as, as our prime minister at the time and uh, Brian Mulrooney and he um, uh, introduced them, you know, from Kingston, welcome to Tragically Hip. They come up on stage and that, that night um, was actually Gord's nephew's 11th birthday. So Gord wanted to kind of give him a little bit of a shout out, you know, coming up to the, up to the show and so as the camera's kind of panning in as it does over the SNL crowd into the stage, Gord is holding up two ones because it was 11th birthday, right? On each side of the, of the microphone. And he was so focused on giving him the shout out that he forgot the opening lyrics to their, to their album, Grace 2. Um, and this, this performance was in 94. So this was like 10 years after they'd already been a band together. But um, they're playing Grace 2, which is a phenomenal song. And the opening lyrics of Grace 2 is, um, I'm fabulously rich, come on, just let's go. And um, Gord forgot the lyrics. And luckily, in his beautiful brain, he came up with, when we're tragically hip, come on, just let's go. He like weaved it in and then got back on track and then sang the rest of the song. And I always thought that was such a cool moment and speaks to... Gord Downey as a performer, and like I said, I'll, men- I'll mention this later, but I've never quite seen a lead singer perform as he does. The the pure, like, he's an entertainer, like, almost like, I, I spoke about that with Jim and Andy, I spoke about that with uh, Andy Kaufman. Wasn't necessarily all funny, although Gord was hilarious, but some of the things that he could do, and make, it's just pure entertainment, and again, mostly just antics that would make you laugh and and you know there's a there's a humor to music that is is really interesting and a lot of people I feel like kind of shy away from it because they kind of feel it's hokey one of the people who didn't shy away from it was Frank Zappa I think he's a perfect example of exposing the I don't know if I call it lunacy but just kind of like taking that veil of like ooh hoity-toity you know um like you know philharmonics and ooh you know music school and this and that like trying to take off some of that pomp and arrogance and circumstance and kind of bring it back down to to like the level of what entertains people which is humor and making people laugh and people and and essentially what makes you laugh is just making a new connection in your brain so if you can do that through the music it tends to be kind of humorous but what Gord was able to do was perform in a way that added to the show. Like the experience was about the audience. The guy would sweat buckets and you could tell that he was just putting everything he had, everything that was that possibly he could do, he was going to leave that fucking on stage. And I think that's an inspiration and important for, for anyone. Um, Tragically Hip, which I think is a fantastic name, absolutely tremendous, uh, actually comes from a skit in the Michael Nesmith movie, Elephant Parts. Haven't seen the movie myself. But again, just a great name, the Tragically Hip. Like, there's so much to it. There's so many different ins and outs. Who knows exactly how the band saw it, if they just thought it sounded cool. It's snappy. It's got good, you know, a syllabic kind of rhythm. It's, it's like, tragically hip. Like, they're so hip, it's tragic. Or they're they're so tragic, it's hip. Again, it's it's just such a good name and you know 
band names are so hard to hard to find and hard to figure out and i love shit like this where it's taken from a movie or something like that or taken from a line somewhere i think that's so so cool um they had 13 13 albums that they released tremendous um again 1984 they released their self-titled album tragically hip really good kind of a different sound coming out of their first their first album a little bit more kind of almost stranglers rockish not i wouldn't go as far as surf rock at all but it was kind of more that you know jangly indie rock which was super cool back in the early 80s up to here was kind of their next big album in in 89 um when they when they actually signed uh, a record deal uh great great songs on there road apples 1991 came out shadow 91s um again fully completely tremendous album they re-released a, a vinyl re- uh, a, a release of it super cool album artwork on that um they kind of did this beautiful portrayal and it's like uh this diorama i guess it would be but like they they had a big plexiglass floor so you could see through it and they had all you know the members of the band and the models and like all this stuff they'd lay face down on this on this glass now obviously everyone's face is pressed into it and then you can see and it's in unless you actually see the album um, which I can show up on on the YouTube video. Um, there's uh, there's actually um, it looks like a like a painting, but it's actually a, a real um, a, a real like thing. So it's super cool. So I'm just making a note there to show everybody. See, I'm with you, people. I want to take care of you. I want to show you. And if you're not listening on YouTube, come check it out. Come subscribe to the channel. Hit that bell for the notifications. <laughs> Day for Night, tremendous album. That was that came after fully completely, 1994. Really, really cool album. Um, it's my pops' favorite album. Shout out pops. Probably f- from end to end, one of their most complete albums. I think it had. I don't know if they were thinking about this when they were doing the recording, but in fully, fully completely, they were thinking of almost capturing it like it's live and it sounds live. But when you listen to fully completely, it's actually not live. So it's super cool. Go check that out. But when they're going for day for night, I feel like they had a theme that they kind of worked for the Donical Disasters on their Grace 2. Just like traveling distant chords, really, really interesting stuff. And I just thought, um, I just think it's a fantastic album myself. Again, you know, that that album kind of, I wouldn't say put them on the map because that's the weird thing about the Tragically Hip. They're so huge in Canada. Basically, almost any, you ask almost anybody, um, you know, especially anybody between the ages of like 20 and 60, they're going to know who the fuck the Tragically Hip are. They're probably going to really like them. Most, because it's Canadian, most rock rock radio stations play them off the hook. So, which is amazing. I love it. But again, that's that's the thing for all Canadians. We know who the Tragically Hip are, but they're not so big in the States. I know in like some of the border states, obviously New York, because they were down there a lot playing there and, you know, Buffalo, you know, into Michigan, Detroit, um, places like that. But I don't even know about West Coast, like how much, you know, Seattle, things like that. But they're kind of one of those one of those bands that are just huge in Canada, but didn't really make it huge anywhere else. Not like they're unknown anywhere else, but they just didn't really top the charts kind of thing, even though their music is really interesting you know, you can take, you can take whatever, you know, who knows what makes bands thrive and survive in certain situations. Look at, uh, you know, the story of, um, of Sixto Rodriguez with Searching for Sugarman. No one, he didn't even know himself that he was huge in South Africa, 
But, um, you know, again, you never know where you're going to make it. My, my buddy, Eric Persichini shout out Eric, his, his dad was in, I think the number one band in Sweden or something at, at one point. And you know, that's all like, again, super awesome. You never know where you're going to hit it big, but the boys from the hip, they hit it big at home, which is awesome, which is super great. Um, two years later in 96, they released trouble at the hen house again, fantastic album. Um, and they kind of get on that two year, that two year kind of, uh, schedule for releasing albums in 1998, they released Phantom Power, which is a fantastic album has one of their best songs, poets. Um, just again, overall such a fantastic album. And it always reminds me of me and my dad went on a a trip up North actually. And I always tell my buddies about this, but it was, I'm somewhere in the Muskoka's I might be wrong, but I was legitimately seven years old and this album came out and, um, me and my dad on the, on the way out, um, we stopped by HMV, we went and grabbed it, it was like brand new that weekend, and we just listened to it front to back, and back to front, all the way up, I'm pretty sure I was in love with the song Poets, but again, we just kept listening to it over, and I just loved it, and it was such a fun trip, and I'll never forget, you know, listening to that, listening to that album, and, and doing that, and it was, it's always fun, but again, this is the thing, this is what, this is what makes the hip so special, because you know, and, and any band, right? Any band that's near and dear to your heart when you kind of go out on, um, you know, some big event that's kind of happening in your life or, you know, I have tons of tons of albums that I listened to when I was studying in university that anytime I listen to them, that always reminds me of those those years and, and what I was studying for. Um, but again, you know, super near and dear to my heart. Music at Work, again, in 2000 came out. You could tell the band was kind of trying to go a little bit maybe more back into some kind of rocky roots with this album. Very cool as well. Um, In Violet Light came out in 02, which is so 02, I'm 11. I'm starting to kind of get a little bit more of my own music interest going along. But obviously, you know, you know, both parents actually like the hip, but, you know, getting that kind of influence, but starting to find my own interest in the music and there's a song on In Violet Light called It's a Good Life If You Don't Weaken. And it's such a fucking good song. And it's like this amazing kind of droning melody and this little guitar, this repeating guitar that just, it's just a beautiful song. Um, that came out in 02. And 04 In Between Evolution came out, which is again, a little bit of a departure. They were kind of going down a little bit more of a, again, that indie rock uh, path, which I thought was really cool. Uh, World Container came out in 06, which again, super cool, kind of got a little bit rocky, but like rocky heavy sounded a little bit more of that, uh, almost going back to their first album. Um, We Are The Same came out, and this is a really, really interesting album. It's a super long album. I believe it was a double, I think it was even a double CD, but it was lots of songs on this. And one of my favorite songs on this album is, is The Depression Suite. And it's a super cool song because... It is a suite. It has many different kind of changes and different parts in the song. And it's such a real, it's a really cool piece of music. And they kind of were going in more of a little bit of an acoustic, uh, acoustic direction. And actually the first time I ever saw the Tragic Hip was, was on that tour. Um, uh, and um, when I'd see them, I saw them at Massey Hall and they did that album. And holy fuck, it was beautiful. Um really a really cool place to see them do they didn't do all their big songs um because again it was a little bit more number one it was they were you know promoting the album so they played a lot of songs from the album but um it was more of a definitely more of an acoustic set 
So it kind of was, um, it was definitely more relaxed and kind of like held back and was awesome. And I'll never forget it. And I thought it was fantastic. Uh, now for plan A came out a few years later, came out in 2012. And that's when I was in, in university really hard. And that's when I saw them for the second time and third time. But the second time, um, I was hanging out with the Burlington boys, shout out Burlington boys, let may, you know, Riv, Doma, uh, Callen, like all the fucking boys, the, you know, Giller and Stib. I don't know if you guys were there, but uh, I think Peller might have been there. Peltzer was there. Again, the boys shouted everyone. Sorry for everyone listening. Doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about. It's all about you boys. Um, We we all got together and got on the fucking co-train and somehow made it to Downsview Park. Tremendous. My buddy Lep almost almost passed out from heat stroke. We lost him for a second, but he made it back to the to the group and we loved it. And just a tremendous show, really cool to see him in kind of a more of a festival setting. And it was on Canada Day, super fun, just just the best. And then the next year, um, on Canada Day, literally a year to the day, I was out there with Benny and Scott, shout out boys, and Andrew as a party. It's always a party with Andrew as a party, and um, who I've run into at about ten different shows, including this hip show because he didn't come with us. We just ran into him there. Um, we um, had our little spot there and friggin' checked them out. And I think they played they played with Death Cab, which was super cool. Weezer played with them the year before, and Death Cab opened up for them. And that was a fucking awesome show. Burroughs Creek, beautiful spot. Fucking sunset and oh my god, it was fucking so much fun. Um, but on that trip, it was actually, um, I went away and I was... So I played football um, in university and I was the only guy in my house to play football. So there was five guys, including myself, and during the summer, during school and then during the summer, there was only me. So I was in a house and there was four empty rooms. I just told all the boys, lock your shit, take whatever you want, but lot, and then you don't have to worry about anyone wandering in, you know, who knows if I have some company over and they get a little bit handsy. No, I'm just joking. But just so you don't even have to worry about it, keep your shit locked. No worries. Them the rooms were empty anyway, but what are you gonna do? So I go away and you know I don't wanna blame this on age or anything like that. But I was a fucking idiot and I forgot to lock the windows. Now there's were windows with screens on them and shit. All the doors were locked, but fuck, it's my bad, I guess. But I left the window open. And I come home and I go around the back door to, to get into to get in the house. I put my key in and this is on my way back in from um, so I was up in, in Huntsville. We went up to oh, I went up to the show with Benny and Scott. We drove down from Huntsville and then we drove back and partied a little bit. Then I think Scott or someone drove me back to Barrie or somewhere like that. And then my or my pops came and picked me up somewhere. But anyway, my pops dropped me off, which was awesome. But I go in to the back to let myself in and I put my key in and when I turned the key it turned like it, there was no resistance like it was already open and I'm like oh fuck did I forget to lock the door no way anyway I, I go up and there's I had like a change jar like a change bowl and I, and one of, and one of my buddies had a change bowl in his room I guess too and they were sitting on the stairs empty like off to the side and I was like what the fuck this is super weird. I don't remember that. And then there was a glass of juice on the counter, which I don't remember leaving either. I'm thinking, fuck, what the fuck? This is super eerie. I'm getting the worst feeling. 
I'm walking down the hall towards my room and I hear like a, a low hum, like, and I'm, it's getting louder as I'm getting to, towards the room. And I open the door and my fucking laptop's gone, it's unplugged, my speakers are humming because it's been unplugged and it's just sitting there like nothing, fucking taken, stolen. The, my buddy's room's doors who were locked kicked in. The fucking jams were blown to smithereens. Piece of shit wood d- jams blown to smithereens. Um, and someone fucking robbed us, man. Someone came through the place and fucking robbed us. Brutal. So I'm thinking, fuck. Um, I have to, I had to call the cops. Cops showed up. Actually, one of the police officers that showed up was um, an ex-offensive lineman from Western. So he was super nice about it. In our house, because one of my roommates was a drummer, we literally had like a full room, full drum kit, guitars, amps, keyboards, the fucking whole lot. We're all in this one room. And I don't know if the if the robber just didn't go into that room or I don't even know, but he thankfully didn't go in that. Maybe he didn't want to look sketchy. Like, because the thing is, the fucking rub maybe didn't want to, you know, steal an instrument and walk around with a fucking naked guitar like as a hobo. Clearly, you stole that. Because the worst part about the whole thing is that he fucking took my high school basketball St. Mary's gym bag with my number on it, Adidas bag, fucking pretty nice bag. And he fucking took it and just to put my goddamn shit in, the son of a bitch. So that guy stole it. And um, then a week later, my buddies ran through my house for the second time to ditch a cab and I was on fucking high alert. And I almost... Well, I was, I was, I, I thought it was round two. I thought, you know, I heard there was cops at my door trying to get the fucking money from the cab again. And if I haven't told that story, maybe I'll leave it for another time. But this is the second time, like I said, my buddies came through and the second time the cops came for fucking 10 bucks or whatever for the cab ride from Richmond. Anyway, and these cops are knocking at the door. I'm thinking it's round two. I came out of that bed, hot, red, hot, straight gitch screaming who's in here and like I was just ready to go I open the door and it's two cops and they come in and they're like they're kind of can see that I'm like what the fuck is going on so they're like already a little bit kind of taken taken aback and uh anyway I was they're like hey the someone come through here and hold the cab and I'm like come in look around like no one's in here because again I was already pissed from the last time they came and hassled me for my fucking moron bros again god bless all you guys I love you but for running through my house again, you bastards, why'd you do it? Nah, I'm just joking. I love you guys. But um, uh, it uh, it fucking shook me up. And again, if you've ever been robbed, you know that feeling of you kind of sleep with one eye open for a couple weeks after just because you always think maybe lightning might strike twice. But it was all good because I got to see the hip that weekend. So that was fantastic. And then in 2016, um, they released their album Man Machine Poem. And also, that was the same year that Gord Downey announced that he had glioblastoma, which is uh, incurable brain cancer, and that they were going to be doing their last tour was for that album. They also released Saskadelphia, that counts as one of their albums in 2021, obviously much after after the passing of Gord, but a really cool album. There's a live version of this song called Montreal which is fucking really cool. It's one of my favorite hip songs, honestly. And um, I'm really glad that they released it. I don't know if they ever thought about re-recording it somehow, but it sounds like they 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 captured it live a long time ago and maybe just kind of scrapped the song. But 
other than that, really, really interesting album. Um, but again, uh, you know, really sad to hear, to hear, uh, Gord's, um, hear of Gord's passing, of course. And in 2016, um, after his, after his announcement uh, about the glioblastoma, he, they went on tour, like I mentioned, and it was going to be their last tour and they were all over and they happened to be coming to Hamilton. And I was so excited and I was so fired up. Yes, they're going to be coming, you know, I'm going to try and get tickets. I was bending over backwards. I was still working as a personal trainer. So I kind of had some time on my hands where I could sit at there, sit at the computer and wait until that moment struck. And um, I didn't get fucking tickets, man. I was so fucking sad. I was entering contests. I was bent, I was waiting in lines. I was doing everything I, I possibly could. And, and, and that, um, I'm pretty sure it was that, it was either that show or part of the, some of the shows got like crazy rated by like ticket bots, people like algorithms that just fucking buy up tickets and then you can't buy anything. Um, so I, I was fucked. I couldn't, I couldn't get a ticket. The show was like the next day or the, or that night and I'm fucking bummed. And who comes out of the crystal clear sky? No, no one other than my boy, Scott Mallon. Shout out Scott Mallon. I love you for this. If you weren't already going to the show, you would have been coming and I would have fucking had you on my shoulders and you would have been fucking loving it because I because you deserve it. Because you're the one who actually let me know that I had won a chance to win or sorry, a chance to purchase tickets. You were the only one who let me know because you were watching the hips or whatever. Somehow you call me and you're like, are you the Mark K or you text me or whatever? You're like, are you the Mark K who won the tickets for the hip show? And I'm like, what? I didn't get any email. I didn't get shit. And he's like, check your junk, bro. So I look at my junk email and there it is message from the hip. Like there, I, I entered this contest on the hips website to again, in, uh, win a chance to purchase the tickets. I still had to buy the tickets that were like, they were like 300 all, all in whatever. Let's ball. And, uh, I go in, I don't know. I'm thinking, okay, you know, the tickets that they raffle off, they're going to be fucking garbage. You know, the, the extra tickets that they couldn't get rid of. Right. So cool. I go, I pay, I, I pay for it. They're like, here you go. Have it, have like, enjoy the show. You just can't go out of the building because they thought I was going to sell them, which I never would have in a million years, even though they were on the fucking floor, eighth row from the front. And there was some in the 20th row on the floor going for eight grand a piece, $8,000 a ticket on the floor, like, you know, 14 rows back. 12 rows. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, but I would never sell those for a million fucking dollars. I wanted to be there with all my heart. I fucking was able to, able to get them and seeing them live for the last time was amazing, but it was bittersweet. Because it was kind of like watching a man do his own eulogy. Because everyone in that building knew fucking Gord was going down. It was like watching a dying man perform. And like you got to respect it. You got to love it. You got to be there for him. And you got to say, listen, you know, this man's going out there. This is how he wants to go out, you know. But he had like eight different, you know, teleprompters on the stage. And, you know, it was just tough to watch. Like I said, you know, it's. His, his memory wasn't there and I think he was so focused on remembering the lyrics and remembering all the songs that um, he wasn't quite himself. He dressed. It was amazing. They dressed. He had amazing wardrobe and a wicked hat and this whole thing. And, you know, 
again, fantastic. And I'm, I'm more than happy I went to see it. But especially being close to the stage with all all those people kind of facing towards you and all that energy and emotion funneling in towards you and the, and the band and the stage. Like, it was really, really, really fucking heavy. But, again, amazing. And like I mentioned, you know, Gord maybe wasn't himself for that for that last show. But when he performed, man, he was a pure entertainer. And he would just, he would captivate you and he would grab your attention. There's nothing else you could see. He would play with the microphone. You know, he had the microphone stand and he always had this handkerchief because he used to sweat his balls off. And he put the, he laid the handkerchief over the mic stand and he's dancing with the mic stand and he's talking to it. And he's, and he's going, and he's talking and he comes back and he says, he doesn't want to be a microphone stand anymore. Again, just create like just stuff that was so bizarre and so out there. And it was just amazing to watch. And I hope that hopefully they release more live footage of, of the hip and what they did. And it kind of speaks to Gord as a person in his lyric writing. And he has an amazing book of poetry called Coke Machine Glow, which is an amazing fucking title. And it was a title of one of his solo albums as well. But, um, again, just he had such an interesting, intricate way of looking at life. It was very different, very avant-garde, very from such a different angle. And that really came out in his lyrical content and his music. And, again, I always respect that leaving it all on the stage, going out there, balls out. And maybe in the early days there was some chemical assistance. But, again, just going out there fucking sweating, blood, sweating, tears, leaving on stage, ripping open your fucking chest and showing the whole crowd your fucking heart and saying, I'm you and you're me and we're all in this fucking together. And yeah, maybe it's take, maybe we're all looking at one guy on stage right now, but we're all that guy. And I think it's super special again, play from the heart, leave it all on stage. And that's what the hip did. And that's what Gord Downey did. And I love them for it. Rest in peace, brother. I hope wherever you are you're you're cruising that astral plane and you know it's just more and more action thank you so much for listening today um this was one this one was near and dear to my heart uh super special and if you like the episode like i said please give us a five-star review it means a lot to the to the podcast and the algorithms and all that and i'm marky algorithms but um Again, share it. Let let your friends know. Um, if you want to support the podcast, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Big Mark Pod. Reach out to us on in Instagram or Twitter at the Big Mark Podcast or at the Big Mark Pod. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And again, let everyone know. Thank you so much. Enjoy your music at work. Peace. Peace.